0: This is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and you're listening to uh, Another Wrestling Podcast.
1: It's time for uh, Another Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Steve Credo and Jonathan Benjamin.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. Vader time? (laughs) (laughs) No, not Vader time. Um, It's time for another wrestling podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Benjamin, and as always...
1: I'm Steve Credo. He's always Steve Credo. I'm always. I'm never I'm sometimes Credo, sometimes Steve, but always Steve Credo. Uh,
2: Yes, it is... uh, Credo, can you believe it? It is episode number 22.
1: I, I I can believe it. I can believe it. I'm believing it. I believe it.
2: Before you believe too much, just I want you to know that today's
1: show is by far the best show we've done. I'm going to hold you to it, Jonathan, and I can't wait for it because uh, we're going to get hardcore now. It's November, Jonathan, right?
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely November. It's tis the season to be hardcore. Um, I, I'm very excited about our guest today. Um, one that you've definitely heard of and one that you will definitely be hearing more about. Uh, on today's show, we have none other than the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and one... Ben Ortiz, who is... I want to call him the
1: Beast from the East, man, because he's from the East, he's a beast now, and I want to to try to give him that nickname, the Beast from the East, Ben Ortiz. Maybe the Beast from the Northeast. Oh, there you go, even better. Well, we got a lot of nicknames to throw around, so uh, yes, guys, if you haven't heard of him, you're going to hear about him, like Jonathan said, a lot more about him. Uh, We have a teacher and a student. He's actually the first graduate of the House of Hardcore... Uh, Academy from Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore School right here in Poughkeepsie, New York, Jonathan. Yeah,
2: and uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be having more um, more of the students and teachers from House of Hardcore. Um, if you want to get on to find out more about House of Hardcore, houseofhardcore.net is the, definitely the place to go for that. Um, now, Credo, House of Hardcore 7 is coming to us from the ECW arena in um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So with the season coming up, we're talking November, November to remember. What can you tell me or do you have specifically a moment in time that you can remember? Favorite ECW moment?
1: Yeah, Jonathan, uh, I'm just like those little baby baby boomer marks, I'm going to call it, to where we, I discovered ECW like the rest of them uh, that discovered it when it first came on TV. Um, you know, favorite ECW moment, man, because in Poughkeepsie, I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. I'm from the area that, you know, ECW came around here. They did a few pay-per-views. They did a bunch of TV shows. And I got to see it, you know, right in the, the midst of the popularity that it was. Uh, I think, you know, favorite ECW moment, uh, specifically, I don't know if I have a specific moment. Um, just all in all, ECW, just coming to the live shows was one of the great moments. But, but, I think, for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of a few wrestlers, and one of those wrestlers is Cactus Jack. Now, I knew who Cactus Jack was in WCW. Uh, then he went to Japan, and then, lo and behold, ECW gets a hold of him, uh, walking in the doors is Cactus Jack, uh, crazy SOB, Mick Foley, you all know him, uh, when he came to ECW, I think that was when I really got hooked, like, I knew what ECW was, I was watching it here and there, but then the first first out-of-the-door moment, you know, where I really just got me was uh, seeing Cactus Jack walk through the doors, um, and that's when I was like, okay, let me, well, let's me let watch this more, you know, let's get let's really get into it now, because now you've intrigued my interest, you know what I mean? So, um, I know there's many moments that have happened, you know, with him throwing all the chairs in, Tommy Dreamer getting his head cracked open, thank you, sir, may I have another, uh, many countless moments, but one of those moments, Jonathan, was uh, when Cactus Jack came through the front door, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He definitely, he he and Terry Funk both kind of gave ecw what people who were fans of actual wrestling um it kind of filled that gap for them they came in they were known names and a lot of the ecw guys were kind of unknown at the time so it gave the credibility to ecw that it needed at the time with ecw as kind of starting out as basically an independent promotion and it worked its way all the way up to number three at a time when the monday night wars was going on i think it had it been at any other time in its history it probably would have get definitely gave wwe a run for its money
1: oh definitely and uh at that time you know it was it was wwe it was wcw and you know you, you sometimes you get that's all you had but having that third option where these guys could do anything that the other two couldn't do was a major plus for them you know being hardcore having that blood and guts going for them they were doing something that nobody else could do because you know they were on you know the popular networks and you know i'm sure they had a standard to where they couldn't just go out and kill people but ECW was that brand, and that's what ECW piqued the interest of all these uh, fans who were getting older, who didn't really want to see the PG stuff anymore. They wanted something else. It was another outlet, and that's you know that opened the floodgates to a whole new, whole new wrestling era. You know.
2: Yeah, and I think that you know that's the reason that ECW is still talked about to this day is just because it was counterculture. Um, you know, you talk about the the 60s in in america is a time of like revolution and violence and you know i think that's exactly what ecw was to the wrestling scene is it was just totally counterculture it was one of those things that you almost probably felt you either love to tell people that you are a fan of ECW, or you're kind of like hidden about it. Like, uh, I don't know if I should tell anybody that I watched this stuff, but it was it was a you know de- it's definitely a awesome thing. It stood the test of time, and uh, I think ECW is one of the best chapters in professional wrestling history.
1: That's right. I mean, it's it's definitely a thing to talk about and a thing to always talk about. I mean, we spoke to, I think if you go all the way back to episode two or three, I forget which one he was on, uh, it was Nova, where I asked him, you know, about ECW. How does he feel about fans still chanting ECW throughout arenas around the world? And, you know, he he briefly told us, you know, it's like, you don't hear that of any other promotion. You don't hear people saying WWE, WWE. He said, you know, it just sounds ridiculous that, you know, the fans would still chant ECW no matter where they go, and it's surprising how it stood or it's still standing the test of time in a way that, you know, the fans were so passionate about that company that they that there's still people chanting that, you know what I mean? And no other company out there are they chanting it. You know, even though WCW's gone and folded, uh, nobody's chanting WCW. Nobody's even chanting today WWE at any of the shows. I don't know if you've gone to any of the house shows uh, recently, but nobody just chants WWE, you know what I mean? So for somebody, for a company's name to be, you know, lived on in the legacies of the fans uh, at every house show today to chant ECW has to say something for what that brand was and what that company was, you know.
2: Yeah, I I've said it a thousand times on here, but um, you know, growing up in the Midwest, ECW wasn't a huge thing for us. Uh every now and then we would get a show in maybe Indianapolis. Uh that's as far as they would come. But it was one of those things where you kinda have a, a maybe a friend that tells a lot of lies or whatever. And so by the time that he tells somebody something, by the time it gets back around to him, it's, you know, completely blown out of proportion. And I felt like that's the stories that I learned about ECW that did you, you know, the story may have been, did you see that some guy fell off of the scaffolding and, you know, was bloody. And then by the time that like I heard it, it was like, Oh, you guys have to see what's going on in ECW. They lit some guy on fire. He jumped through glass off of a scaffolding and landed on like a nun and you know it was it was crazy so then i started to check this stuff out and you know it was it was a mixture you had some crazy moments but you had some really good wrestling you had chris jericho there for a while you had perry saturn dean malenko eddie guerrero chris benoit i mean so you got a little bit of everything you had the the extreme women the divas i mean at one point they even thought about bringing in Kurt Angle, but then that was the day of the infamous um, uh, Raven and Sandman uh, crucifixion. So he decided to to get out of out of dodge on on that one. But. Um I often wonder what ECW would have been like if Kurt Angle had uh, originally went there.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And you know what happened? Uh, you're a fan of the WWE network. And if you're not a fan of the WWE network, then you're what kind of mark are you? Because you know, they just released released recently uh you know uh, on one of their shows, Monday Night Wars, how you know ECW was a big player, and it, it's a great show to watch. Uh, part of the Monday Night Wars because they even go into like you're saying, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, how you know they kind of put ECW on the map with some of their style uh, wrestling, even like the Luchadors when they brought him in nobody else was really doing that on primetime TV with WWE and WCW, and WCW started handpicking those guys out of there, how they hired Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and all that stuff, and you know, they were such a big company that, you know, the other top two companies now, it was almost like their own little farm system, in in a way, you know what I mean? They were seeing how great and over these guys were in ECW that they had to have them for their own show, you know what I mean? Absolutely, and I
2: think that you can look back at WCW and you can say man they had some uh, you know a lot of great talent you can look back at WWE and say they had a lot of great talent but you can't look at those promotions as a whole and say that pretty much everybody who worked there went on to be even bigger in another promotion. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's just it shows you once again with you know Paul Heyman being there and just the the atmosphere if you if if balls mahoney would have went into wwe prior to being in ecw you know he wouldn't have made it at all i don't think you know he's a good for what he is he's good but no one's no one's gonna pay to see that guy in wwe but you know after he went to ecw he had like he was proven he had a track record so they're like hey we'll put balls mahoney in and you know WWE and see what happens, and lo and behold, like he was there for a while, and he became a fan
1: favorite. That's right. Um, you know, now we're in a different era, Jonathan, to where we're aged, we're we're getting up yep. there, we're getting older as a mark, as as fans. You know, we're getting up there to where we know this history, and now you know, like I said, fans still chant ECW everywhere, but now specifically, uh, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, you know, he's played the game, he's been to the show, he's been to the dance, uh, but now he's teaching. He's teaching at his House of Hardcore right here in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, He has a school. It's been open for just about almost three years now. Uh, He has the graduates of the school, especially who's going to be on the show coming up. we got Ben Ortiz, the first House of Hardcore graduate. House of Hardcore, it's
2: kind of a throwback to ECW and I think that it's it's really cool because it's someday someone's going to look back and say um, instead of saying you know I was trained by Killer Kowalski or I was trained by Johnny Rods they're going to say I was trained by you know these guys and Tommy Dreamer at House of Hardcore and I hope that it goes you know it has that big of a you know it carries that much weight so if you're about to do a tryout at WWE and they're like okay so where have you trained they say oh I've trained at House of Hardcore. That's automatically going to give those people, you know, a certain amount of credibility. And I think that more than anything, that WWE and TNA and Ring of Honor, whatever you know, whatever those bigger companies are today, um, would love to see people that are trained by someone like Tommy Dreamer because. He's kind of one of those guys that everybody loves. So he's hopefully going to instill that into all of his students and they'll be welcomed probably wherever they go.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. Uh, We're almost having like a hardcore month because next week I kind of want to break the ice, Jonathan. We're also going to have house of hardcore trainers and professional wrestlers, Vic Delicious and Hale Collins. And uh, that's something we'd love to ask them about too, you know, to where – you know, you have Tommy Dreamer's name and then you have the students going to his school, going on the road, you know, trying out for, let's say, WWE, TNA, all the shows out there. You know, and it has to... It's credibility, you know. It, coming from a school saying, you know, Tommy Dreamer taught me this, you know, that's like a... That's a What do you want to call it? A nice addition to to your resume, if you will. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's like that prestigious you know like if you go on a job interview right you have where you worked what you do you know you as a wrestler uh, this is your job resume coming from you're coming from Tommy Dreamer one of the most respected wrestlers in the industry i don't think there's any guy out there you could find that you know hates tommy dreamer and that's you know that's saying something too in a business where politics plays a big big part of it There's a lot of people that don't hate this guy, and I don't hate him. I love the guy. Everybody loves Tommy Dreamer, and to have that name on your so-called quote-unquote resume is a big deal, you know what I mean? So it's it's coming full circle for me, I think, talking about this to where, you know, as growing up, we're watching ECW, we're watching Dreamer, we're watching Sandman, Raven, all these guys – and now these guys are the teachers, you know what I mean? To, to training the new next generation, training the, the new talent of tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's interesting. As a fan, I'm very interested, interested to see what uh, they produce, and especially right here in our hometown, Poughkeepsie, uh, to what happens with a lot of these students. And uh, I would be honored to say I'm watching Raw one night, to say that this guy, you know, trained right here locally uh, in our hometown, you know? I know I'm just running off on a tangent, but you got to get me out there, right? You get it? No, I I get you.
2: I think that uh, we should probably just talk to Tommy and see what he has
1: to think about this. That's right, Jonathan. Uh, If you guys are listening out there right now, we have none other than the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. Joining us today, we have ECW original actor, trainer, and promoter, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, thanks for joining us.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me on, bud.
1: Now, uh, let's get right into it. On November 15th, live from the old ECW arena, you're running your seventh show from House of Hardcore. How does it feel to be going home, in a sense?
0: Uh, feels great. Um, it's kind of right place again, right time. I um, wanted to do one more show. I wanted to do four shows this year. We got front-loaded in the beginning of the year with putting on three shows, you know, real early. So I wanted to do one more. Uh, The National Guard Army, where we run most of our shows, was full, and then the UCW Arena wasn't. So I said, let me uh, give it a shot, and uh, so far, I've been working out pretty uh, good.
2: All right, so being back at your old stomping grounds has to stir up uh, certain emotions. What is the most emotional moment that you've ever experienced in pro wrestling?
0: Good question. Um, There's been a lot. (laughs) Uh, Leaving WWE was uh, very, very hard. Um, But they gave me a wonderful send-off. You know, with having my kids there and getting them on TV. Man, in the original ECW, there was so many to... I hate to leave out any because I mean it was an emotional roller coaster. I mean we also art always imitated life. I mean we one time did a ten bell salute for my grandfather who passed away, which ran into just incredible. You know, kind of becoming becoming just incredible and disrespecting, you know, the uh, ten bell salute. Uh man, you I couldn't really you know a lot of people that was first time I ever had been asked that but a lot of people always ask me like what's your favorite moment there was there was so many I mean even going to barely legal and you know making finally making it there because everything was always a struggle so I mean it was ECW is a constant emotional roller coaster for. Me and all the fans, because we kind of went through it together. I mean, from I was there from day one, and so were the majority of the fans, and they watched it grow and grow, and that's kind of why it's been held in such mythical proportions.
2: Um, I'm just going to have to say that, um, and I can't speak for you, obviously, but I was there for the Terry Funk um, at House of Hardcore when he came out to Desperado, and that's got to be, for me anyway, one of the most emotional moments in any promotion that I've ever, ever seen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot of that is what's lacking in the wrestling business nowadays, but uh, that was another real emotional, I thought you were talking about, you know, ECW days. That was an amazing moment, you know, for me and for wrestling, especially, you know, for House of Hardcore in the sense of, you know, I remember when that music hit and the smoke came out and I looked and, you know, Desperado came out. And here came Terry, and I just man, I was, I you know I'm I've been a man of my word for quite some time, and I always stick to stipulations. And when I said that was going to be the last time I would ever tag with him, you know, together, and I just remember him coming out, and I was just wow, this it, it choked me up, and then I saw you know the audience was crying just incredible was, a, was choked up Lance Storm x pac was balling you know you know we still had to go out there and have a match and even Funk turned to me and was like you got me you bastard and you know I just thanked him for all that he did and you know he helped me out so much um you know I always, I say Paul Heyman was number 1 and Jerry Funk was number 2 and you know again to, we look at baseball uh you know Derek Jeter was so emotional for so many fans and, and you know saying like same like that it's a special moment that it's never you know Derek is not going to come back uh again last year it was Mariano Herrera and I mean I love when they you know brought all the players back to uh you know say goodbye to him with Bernie and Vasada, and I uh, kind of like you know doing stuff like that and but yeah, that was, that was a great, great moment. Stryker was crying on commentary. It was, again, what, you know, wrestling is missing and those moments where, hey, you got to be there um, to, to really capture and feel them live.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, speaking of the old ECW arena, on November 15th, we have House of Hardcore 7. Now, are there any other historic venues you would love to, to hold a House of Hardcore show at? Is there any, any, any other places on the list you want to go?
0: Um, Madison Square Garden. Uh, (laughs) So when uh, tonight this is uh, being recorded on a Tuesday, so Mega Millions
1: is. (laughs) So tonight, when
0: I win the two hundred Mega Millions, and we'll make sure we run that. All right. Um, I would love to go to the Hammerstein one day. It's another Mm
2: -hmm.
0: great venue uh, for me, and even recently working for TNA and being at the Manhattan Center, which is upstairs, is great but, but downstairs is even you know more magical uh not a lot of those great buildings left sadly and mm-hmm. you know we got the uh, mid Hudson Civic Center and you know the UCW arena
2: I I uh would for one would like to see you at the Westchester County Center at some point too
0: yeah I would like to go there too it's expensive though man a lot of you know with these that's that's a county-owned building, mm. and you know, unless you get deals, you can't spend half your you know thing on rent, you know, because this stuff gets pricey. Trust me, I just did everybody's flights, and I'm you know I'm going there because of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, this upcoming show is obviously it's cram packed with talent. Uh, you have everybody from Austin Aries, the Hardy Boys, and yourself is also performing. Um, do you have a certain process for picking talent for your shows?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, one, you know, it's it's place, you know, I'm, I'm going to use... To me, it's bottom line. I don't look at the wrestling business, you know, obviously for... I look at what they can bring to the show and, you know, what they can bring to, you know, bottom line, sell tickets. Uh, I always you know, look for the Young Bucks because I think they're amazing. <clears throat> they're in-ring work. I'm all about in-ring work. Uh, and yes, there will be, you know, times where you have the the sentimental stuff like the ECW Arena. You know, of course, I'll bring in uh, some, you know, ECW guys. Perfect um, example, my wife, you know, she said she wanted to, she started her career her career there and she wants to end it there. So, I mean, that's a good hitch for the show and or else I have used user, you know? Um, so, I mean, it, it's right place, right time. And it's also who's, you know, who's available. Uh, I wanted AJ Styles for the show. I wanted Daniels and Kazarian. Cause I wanted to show, um, the world, uh, what did I want to do? I wanted to do actually the Young Bucks versus Daniel This because before I knew Matt and Jeff were available Mm -hmm. and uh, you know they were because that match that they had at House of Hardcore 6 on the West Coast was unreal and I wanted to show you know the fans that you know in the Philly area and uh, so they were booked Rhino was booked I kind of have you know my core of people I'd want to call first. And then, you know, you kind of go through, you know, some people that, you know, I became available to me. And I was like, hell yeah, I'd like to use them.
1: All right. Now, uh, you know, the only
0: person who's uh, usually always available to me and I never want to use is Robbie E., but that's about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's
0: too busy running around the world on amazing race. <laughs>
1: Now, Tommy, uh, other than putting on shows, uh, House of Hardcore is also your school based out of the famous Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, What is the maybe one thing you could tell us briefly that you want your students to to learn while at your school? Is there anything you could let us know about?
0: The biggest compliment so far that I've uh, gotten from my guys is that they're all so respectful and they're kind of being brought up the right way, um, which this business is losing. Um, a lot of them recently just had tryouts with the WWE and they liked all of them, which is a good sign. And, you know, they told them what they need to work on, which I tell them all the time. And, uh, you know, but even what I've said always with, you know, my own company where it's, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. You know, you got to realize, and I know it gets frustrating for, you know, guys, it, you know, they want to kind of go the, the easier route in the sense of, you know, hey, I've been training for, you know, so long. I want, you know, to be out there more. But I mean, there are guys who, you know, aren't ready or, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, there are, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys now that are out there getting work and just to kind of stick with it. And it's also, you got to, commit to a 24 seven in the sense of it. And, you know, it, it, trust me, I get it, but you gotta work out. You have to work on your body, work on your wrestling, you know, at the wrestling school. And then, you know, there's also something called real life. And I remember it when I was going through because I started wrestling school at 18 and I teach a little differently. I was beaten up. Uh, I don't believe in beating up people when they do wrong. Um, but, You know, I was in college, had girlfriends, had a job, was working out constantly and was then, you know, also wrestling. So, you know, it's, I get when guys, you know, have other responsibilities, but hey, I did it too. So, you know, that's the only thing.
1: All right. And now how many uh, students would you say do you currently have and uh, can anybody join at any time of the year?
0: Anyone can join at any time of the year. It's, you know, not like uh, Lance Storm has his school and it's six, you know, Lance Storm does a six-week program. I do, you know, you, you can be there for forever and you can join. We have, you know, beginners. I don't have an actual answer for how many people are there. I could say there's probably more than 40 have signed up so far. All
1: right. Okay, no. But, uh,
0: you know, people come and then they disappear or they get hurt or they decide it's a whole lot harder than they they think or, you know, it's they get stuck with other things in their life that become, you know, more of a priority. So sure. it happens. It was funny. My trainer had told me the same thing. It was the same, you know, Hale Collins and Vic Delicious are my trainers. And me and Hale have the same trainer and Johnny Rods. I remember Johnny Rods telling me, a lot of guys who you know are going to join up and you you know they're not gonna they're not going to want to continue it or you're not going to see them for a while so you know it's at first I I never I never fathomed that for you know when I was going through it Mm -hmm. but to me if you're not willing to put the time in or you know go out there and you know kind of pay your dues process it's it's a long haul you know and and there's guys who don't want to do the hard work and you know, they ain't going to make it.
1: Yep.
2: Um, do you think that any of your current students could have survived at ECW back in the day?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I do. I think, uh, you know, my one uh, student, Ben Ortiz, who he recently had a tryout. I mean, he's a real MMA kickboxer with a great record. And, uh, I mean, just the stuff that he does... I think he would have excelled in the wrestling business uh, during the ECW days because of he is so unique because of a guy his size and how quick and agile he is, which he impressed the WWE a lot with, you know, how he was. And, you know, he's, he's someone who, you know, could make, I think a lot of guys uh, could have, because then we're, we were based a lot more from, your in-ring ability more than your appearance Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm on a lot of guys about their bodies of you know how much they got to work out and uh but I mean there was a lot from the original House of Hardcore which was from you know the original ECW where we had a lot of students you know did make it with you know Danny Doring, Chris Chetty, Roadkill there's a lot of guys who went out there and you know put their time in, you know, setting up the rings and doing all that stuff. And then they went and they did make it to the main roster and made it in the business. All
1: right. Now, uh, you know, better than anybody that traveling the world comes along with the business. Uh, in your, in your opinion, you know, what's probably the most important thing for a wrestler to have with them on the road. Is there that one thing you always need?
0: Uh, it's different, different with, uh, your age. When I was younger, I'd take condoms. Uh, (laughs) Now that I'm older and uh, I feel a lot of pain when I fly. I don't feel pain in life except for lately. But uh, I go on a plane and anything over two hours, man, I got to put on compression socks for my, you know, I don't know what they're for, but they make me feel wonderful. I got to use a neck pillow. I got to use a back pillow. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, again, it's different times different times, you know, for, for me with WWE, it was, and still to this day, you never, you know, you always travel with your, your gear, uh, you never check it cause God forbid it gets lost and you can't go and wrestle, but, uh, you know, whatever, for me, my necessities are a back pillow, uh, those socks and a neck pillow, but it, it you gotta be, find your own comfort zone because oof, flying kills me.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Okay. So. Um what do you think your ultimate goal with House of Hardcore would be?
0: Hmm. Uh ultimate goal I guess would be television. uh you know this this show am kind of venturing into my first high pay-per-view mm-hmm. which uh again right place right time and it's also for a trial to see how smooth uh and you know there's so many people where <clears throat> they want, they want the product. They want to see the product. And yes, every show has been available by, for DVD, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, you know, if I'm going to do my first high pay review, it should be there Or I would have done it in Poughkeepsie just cause the lighting, the look, you know, everything, everything is, is set in stone, right? Already there for me. So, uh, that would be the perfect, uh, goal.
1: All right, now uh, Tommy. Other than House of Hardcore, what are you currently up to? Because I know you've been filming some movies recently. Anything you could tell us about that? Yeah, uh,
0: man, I do everything. I, I like to a little intro, uh, but yes, I've been, <clears throat> I've been doing movies. I've been doing, uh, working on you know different TV projects. Uh, working for TNA, uh, traveling, wrestling at everybody else's indies. You know, I just got back from Japan for TNA, and then from there. I was home for like two days and then I went to uh Western Canada for two or three days. And, yeah. you know, wrestling will always be in my blood and my forte. So, but uh, yeah, doing a lot of stuff, uh, movies I really, really enjoy. I wish, uh, I did some more. Uh, you look at someone like Batista who didn't do a lot of movies, but he's pretty much set now with, you know, his roles that he got in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But, uh, I like doing them and, you know, I think you know, most wrestlers, especially if you could talk, you can do well in movies. In the sense, you know, so far every director that I work with, they're like, "Man, you're you're good, and you know, you remember your lines, and you're great to have live because you know, being in WWE close to 10 years, you're on Monday Night Raw, you can uh, mess up you know, live television. You know, you don't mess up. Mm-hmm. So, easy transformation. Sure.
2: Now, we recently spoke with uh, Bill Carr, who's going to be on your upcoming House of Hardcore show, and he said that you're pretty much the only person who would be able to be on WWE television one night, TNA the next, and then wrestling in front of 45 people in a VFW hall that weekend. Um, <laughs> what do you attribute to being welcomed with like open arms to every place you go?
0: Um. Well... I guess one, I've always kind of been straight up with people, uh, two, I'm not under contract with anybody. Um, I, I've done a lot for a lot of, you know, I mean, there's really only a couple of, I mean, there's just WWE and TNA that are on a national level. So, and I've done a lot for WWE and I've done a lot for TNA. So I guess, you know, yeah, actions, speak uh, volumes. And uh, that was, you know, that kind of helped me out, I guess. And I've also, you know, I've delivered for him, so.
1: Now, uh, Tommy, was there ever a low moment for you when uh, wrestling seemed to maybe, you questioned yourself, like, this is a mistake? Was there ever that moment for you, like, starting off early in your career?
0: Early, early on, I had uh, got my back jammed. Uh, onto the, I got rammed into the side of the apron and man, it hurt. And I mean, there was also times where you just beat up to the point of, you know, do I want to quit? Because back then people wanted you to quit. And so there was times you always doubt yourself, but no, not really. Uh, I recently had, flying back from Japan, I was in so much pain. I woke up I mean, and I had to actually pee and I could not stand. My, my hip was totally out and I had uh, taken uh, Tylenol PM to sleep and I felt, you know, a little groggy and I was just, man, and I I wanted to stand up and I fell back in my seat and I just had for a quick few seconds of, man, I don't think I could be doing this anymore. And, you know, again, I'm at the tail end of my career. And I don't want to be in pain, but, you know, I had a bit of a breakdown when I, you know, first was how uncomfortable I was. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had about an hour to go on the flight and I still had another seven hours to go. Uh, and I had to, you know, grab a grab a bottle and start peeing in the bottle because I couldn't stand. Uh, so it was one of those, you know, one of those moments of what the hell am I doing in my life and trying to get a new career.
2: All right. Well... This is a little difficult to get into, but uh, you've been known to do some pretty gross stuff during your career, and recently you made headlines on TMZ with Joey Ryan with a piece they entitled Two Guys, One Blow Pop. Other than Joey Ryan's chest-pube-laden blow pop, what is the grossest thing you've ever had in your mouth?
0: Uh... And that was Joey who labeled that, which was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and I wish they would have showed, uh, when I gotten, uh, his girl, Candace, uh, Lorray, she gave me a ball suplex as well as I gave, brought back the coochie claw on her. <laughs> and uh, they, of course they didn't show that. And I was in Japan when that broke and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you're on TMZ and all that stuff. I had no clue for what I was just happy. I wasn't dead, uh, or arrested. <laughs> and, um, I want to say the grossest thing probably was uh, when I was doing that thing for WWE during the Jackass, you know era, that's kind of why I did it, and um, you know, I so paid really, really well. Everyone's like, oh, I almost threw up on the Undertaker's dip, all that stuff, but the worst was when I ate my own hair,
2: because
0: that oh. stuff stayed in my teeth for so long. I don't recommend anyone <laughs> ever eating your own hair. Oh.
1: <laughs> now uh, a basic simple question tommy uh what makes tommy dreamer laugh is there something out there that you just you know you love watching or hearing about or anything that just you know makes you laugh
0: no not really uh, i mean there's a lot of stuff i'm a big uh you know movie guy i was actually watching hardy lang special uh that aired saturday on comedy central you know he was good yeah uh, on the flight coming or going there, I watched uh, 22 Jump Street. I like stupid stuff. Uh, I like when people fall. I think as long as they don't get hurt, I appreciate that. But I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Tosh Tosh.0. You love him. I think he's awesome. He's yeah. so funny. Um, but again, it's stupid and gross stuff. Uh, South Park, Simpsons, Family Guy. I mean, you name it all. You know, have... I have three TiVos, and they're all full of uh, stuff.
2: Okay, now, you were recently on uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and uh, you told him that you had quite a collection of wrestling magazines. What is your favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia that you own?
0: Hmm. Um, I'm staring at them right now. I would have to say for sentimental reasons, my first ever ECW action figure, because again, you know, you never, back then it was a hard strive to, you know, get one. And the fact that we did it, we did it on our own terms. was really, really cool. I had three from the original ECW. I'm counting right now. I'm looking at them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I have 15 from the WWE, wow. not including my micros, which I have five. And two gross-looking, like, bobblehead things. I don't know what they are, like midget, giant-headed I me. Mean, I knew I was kind of doomed in the WWE when they transferred my body from the jack body to the dusty Rhodes body like, I was like, oh man i think i need to lose some weight no offense to dream but and for a while i was always in the two pack uh and i was the kiss of death for whoever i was with because uh my first one was with jeff hardy oh. and he got released from WWE at the time my next one was supposed to be with colin delaney and right before they went to prototype he got released oh. So uh, no one wanted to be an action figure with me.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, Tommy, uh, we, we talked a lot about different stuff. But uh, I think the one big question right now I want to ask is uh, if you had to hang up your boots tomorrow, would you have any unfinished business in professional wrestling?
0: Uh, no. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I've actually been thinking of that because, uh, again, I've been experiencing a lot of uh, hip problems and, and back problems. And October 28th will be, uh, 25 years in business and, uh, don't know when, but uh, again, if I have to live my life in pain, I can't do it anymore. Mm. And I always wanted this, you know, it's, it stinks because in my head, I'm 25 years old, but my body says you're not. And, uh, I do have no regrets. Uh, I've, you know, I set out to at first to have just, you know, a match and then it was, you know, to do so many different things and uh, I'm not saying that I conquered the world, but I made a difference in the business that I love and, you know, that, you know, I've had a great career. A lot of people don't have as long as career as I have. And, you know, I have done every aspect of the business. So I don't have any, you know, I don't have any regrets.
2: If you got to pick one of these songs as your theme for the rest of your wrestling days, which would you choose? Dream- I'll
0: change the box Boom. Good <laughs> question. <laughs> uh,
2: well, you didn't really let me get into this, but... Um,
0: it's on a 24-7 loop in my head. Whenever I just <laughs> always turn it on.
2: Okay. If you had to choose one of these songs that have Dream in the title, which would you pick? Dream On by Aerosmith. Dream Weaver by Gary Wright, California Dreamin', The Mamas and the Papas, or Sweet Dreams,
1: The Eurythmics?
0: I will go with Ozzy Osbourne, I'm Just a Dreamer.
1: Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, now off-
0: Totally paper. want off here. I didn't answer really your question, but...
1: That's, that's quite all right. Favorite wrestler to travel with?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, man, I've had so many... Edge and I always kind of laugh, you know, laugh, had a lot of fun. Me and Christian, uh, me and Stryker, me and Bully Ray, me and Devon, me and Guido, me and Paulie. Yeah, I've had a lot of great wrestling partners, so I don't have a favorite. I've had some great moments with every single person I've ever shared a car
2: with. Okay. After you started making it in the wrestling business, getting these huge checks, what's the most ridiculous thing you ever bought yourself?
0: A Mercedes Benz CLK 320 convertible, first time a year it came out.
1: Most important figure in professional wrestling? Figure? Yeah. Vince
0: McMahon?
2: Yeah. Vince (laughs) McMahon. If you could go back in time and wrestle for any promotion, which promotion would you choose?
0: The NWA uh, during the Great American Bash. And I would want to tag with Dusty Rhodes the entire time. I would be his Magnum TA. And though he would be the booker I want me to turn on him, I would never do it. I'd probably <laughs> quit.
1: Now, what's the? But plan? I mean,
0: I grew up on, on all those. I, I'd love to work, you know, mid south. But again, to answer your question, during the Bash, that was an amazing time. And you know, I just recently heard J J Dillon talk about. He gave a speech at a NWA convention thing. started crying. And he started looking around and he said, I, I was sitting in the locker room and I'm managing the horsemen, but there was a Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. You know, I'm with Tully and Arn, And if Tully and Arn are, are working, you know, two guys, and there's Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair working on top, he goes, every match, they were everyone wanted to outdo each other. And, you know, that was our philosophy in ECW and you know, was like hey, everyone was just so hot, and there was such a cast of characters. But I look around, and you know, uh, I would have loved to have been around in, in that era. All
1: right, what's the last thing you remember dreaming about?
0: That's a weird question. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, was uh, last night I had a dream that I was uh, choking. And probably because I have sleep apnea because I'm overweight. And uh, I kind of got up and I wasn't gasping for air, but then I got up to, to have to pee because I'm over 40. And uh, but I had a dream that somebody was choking me. I don't remember who. And it was uh, in a wrestling ring. Somebody had their foot against my throat, choking me on the floor. And then I was like, woke up and I was like, oh God. <laughs> uh, my room was hot because last night was cold and we had put the heat on. And I said, I got to put the humidifier on in my room because or if not, I'm going to die of sleep apnea-related. <laughs> all
2: right, favorite movie of all time?
0: Ooh, man, it's another hard one. Rocky. Man, I was a huge Rocky Two fan growing up. And Rocky III with Mr. T, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Godfather's epic, Star Wars. Probably now I'd have to say Star Wars since I showed it to my kids and that's the first like movie that I grew up watching. Uh, I showed my kids, so we'll go with Star Wars. But there are so many great movies out there. All
1: right, I, I have the I always have the weird questions, but a uh, favorite grocery store item? Um,
0: Oreos. Can not right. Oreos right now? Currently, I have pumpkin <laughs> spice Oreos, but. Again, growing up as the lover of food that I am, and now Oreos—you know, back in the day it was just Oreos. Now it's you can get any type of Oreo <laughs> ever. I want that job, by the way. When I retire, I would like to be work for Nabisco. If Nabisco is listening to this podcast, I would like to invent new food and/or new ice cream, just sweet stuff. Because I've been—I create my own stuff. I just had. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Chocolate Lucky Charms. I mix them all together and make it and it's awesome.
2: <laughs> all right. um, lastly, do you have any superstitions that you perform before one of your House of Hardcore shows?
0: I have a million superstitions uh, before any wrestling match. I have no superstitions before uh, House of Hardcore events. But... I guess my one superstition that a lot of people don't like, especially that I wrestle, I know William Regal has called me vile human being because of it. I've never washed my knee pad since 1995. And I also have knee wraps that I've never washed. And uh, I don't even really need them. <laughs> it's just superstition. And uh, back in the day, and even now, I back in the day from the original ECW, And then it morphed into WWE. I would always have to wear, for ECW, I had two sets of underwear that I would have to wrestle. One would be for Friday night, because back in the day, we were really only uh, working every weekend. And then for the ECW arena, I had the same pair of underwear that literally fell off my body one day because I wore them and washed them so much. And I did, I freaked out when I had to get rid of them. I was, you know, I had my mom sew them. and. (laughs) All that stuff. And I would wear the same underwear for RAWs and, you know, if I was working WWE ECWs, and now I have the same pair of underwear that I'll work on on a Saturday. And uh, my biggest, I guess to answer your question, for House of Hardcore, uh, when you see my old black and red boots, that means it's something super-duper special for me. And I pulled my, my black boots out, because those are from the original ECW. I wore them in One Night Stand 2005, uh, 2006, when it's something super-duper big for me. And I'm wearing those boots. That's kind of my own little tribute to this means something to me. Mm-hmm. I bet the others don't, but those are my... I put on my, I guess, my best... Uh, my best dancing boots.
1: Lointing right, right Round. All right, perfect, uh, Tommy. We we really appreciate you talking with us tonight. It's an honor to have you on here. Uh, for all the fans listening to you around the world, uh, where can they keep up with you? I know you're you're big on Twitter and you have Facebook now too. Uh, can you just let the fans know about where they can find you?
0: I am T Tommy Dreamer on Facebook and Twitter. I am pretty. I'm the most active on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as a Tommy Dreamer too. And I want to thank you too, Steve, because without you, you're a big part of helping with all the graphics and a big part of helping out in the shows. And I appreciate your stuff. And I wish you nothing but the best with your, you know, podcast here. And if anyone needs their stuff to look professional, you look at those DVDs that I've had, or, you know, you've been to our shows, uh, all the pre stuff. Cause the best part about it is you're a wrestling fan too, and you care and you care about. Uh What you perceive as your own, just like me, so that's why you know it's worked. but I want to thank you for helping out as well.
1: Oh, really appreciate. it. thanks for your time, Tommy.
0: All right, guys
2: Wow, another great interview. Thank you so much, Tommy, for taking the time out to speak to us. We know you're busy with your upcoming shows, but now we go from the teacher to the student, and we are talking with none other than Ben Ortiz. The
1: Beast from the East. All right, and joining us right now is Ben Ortiz. He is the first graduate of Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore Wrestling Academy. Uh, Ben, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, uh, Ben, uh, let's get right into it. We ask a lot of people this, but uh, we want to know from your point of view, growing up, did you always want to become a professional wrestler? Uh, Yeah, I
3: mean, like most people... You know, I was like, an attitude, baby. But even then, you know, watching like uh you know, Lightning Kid on like the ESPN, like, uh, you know, what they have in the afternoon, I'd be watching, you know, I, obviously I watched like, you know, WWF, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know. I mean, you know, run, I, I watch pretty much anything I could get my hands on early on in my life.
2: How did you make the decision that you wanted to become a pro wrestler, and do you know like about when you decided that this was gonna be what you were gonna be doing?
3: um well what happened was my parents knew um that I wanted to wrestle. they said uh if you finish uh you know two years in college, then we'll pay for it so i finished um I finished my two years and then they're like, "Oh okay, you can do it if you want." And then when I looked at all the schools, it was like, you know, three, four hours away. And me still being a college student, uh, I was working at a supermarket. So supermarket money really doesn't translate into me being able to do much of anything. So I had to wait off, unfortunately. And then uh, I I just fell into uh, doing mixed martial arts. And then once I, uh, you know, got to a certain level, a lot of my friends... Uh, left to go to uh, Coconut Creek, Florida, because uh, they're professional fighters. You know, that's pretty much their job. I was like, all right, well, if they're going down there, let me just do what I want to do before my body kind of falls apart on me. And then uh, it just so happened, I was thinking about going to one school, and uh, then I saw on, the, uh, saw on the wrestling, you know, uh, sites that Tommy was opening up the school about a half hour away from me and I was like well that's perfect let's go there
1: Oh, well, there, there you go, uh, it might have been some great advertising too you might have seen and uh, whoever did that I give them two thumbs up uh, but hey, so you, you trained for your Tommy Dreamers House of Hardcore School uh, how difficult was the training there, how difficult is it, I mean you're the first graduate, anything you could tell us a little bit about uh, what Tommy did with you guys
3: I mean, you know, I uh, you know, before, you know, saying before, I did the MMA and stuff and I think wrestling practice, especially when I was first starting out, was way harder than a fight, uh, you know, fighter jiu-jitsu tournament I would get ready for because you're, you know, you're learning how to do everything and every time, you know, not everything's going to land perfect. Yeah. So, there's a lot of car crashes that happen in the in the rain, so I think a lot of people see it, you know, even bouncing off the ropes the next day, you, you're you like, you know, drying your back out of the shower and you're like, why does that hurt? And then you look in the mirror and you're like, what is that line on my back? <laughs> so there's, so there's definitely, you know, a lot of stuff that, um, you know, stuff gets real, you know, at the school, I mean, you know, nobody gets hurt purposely, but you know, there's at any time you could land wrong and something could happen. So there's a lot of people who have come to the school, you know, one day, and then we don't see them ever again. <laughs> yeah. um, I think sometimes it's that grim realization that what they thought was fake is actually pretty real.
1: Sure.
2: Now, as we said, you are the first graduate of the House of Hardcore School, and now you seem to be wrestling all over. Um, what advice do you have for people that maybe listen to this that say, hey, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, and, uh, you know, I maybe I should try try to go to school
3: I mean if you want to be a wrestler you have to have that mindset that uh you're gonna to have to give up a lot of stuff that you used to do um, it's you know it's not the easiest it's not the easiest profession you know i I have a job that I do you know I have a career on the side but I enjoy doing this but at the same time I have to put in work because you, you know, you're going to have to drive two, three hours to some place, maybe get on the show and don't expect, you know, toll money. You're, you're building a resume. So if you're building a resume, you're going to have to be an intern. So don't expect, to, you know, I mean, you know, there's that lucky few that select, you know, few that will, you know, go on to bigger shows or, you know, WWE or, you know, TNA or overseas, you know, in Japan or, you know, all over the place. But for, you know, you're going to have to claw on scratch, right? You can't, you can't, who you are is who you're going to be. If you already have troubles, you know, you know, showing up on time, if you have troubles being dependable, it's just going to get amplified times 10 with wrestling. Because if you don't, if you can't show up for a show, guess what? There's five people that will gladly take your place. Mm. So it it's it's not that it's like cutthroat, but if you're not a good person, it's gonna come back on you.
1: Alright. Uh now here's where we can, you know, toot your own horn a little bit. You know, you've been tra- generating a lot of buzz as of late. Between uh wrestling fans, uh Marks, all of them, uh they love going to the shows, they seen the at House of Hardcore, they've seen you the at other places. Uh why do you think everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, Wagon, if you if you will?
3: I like to call it the beast train. <laughs> all right. It's almost like a bad luck truck that uh, drops off pain and misery to all my opponents in the ring. But I, it's Tommy knew early on that I had something. Same thing with MMA. There's certain stuff I could do that I shouldn't be able to do. I can't touch my toes, but somebody's six two, six three, I can kick in the face easily. Mm-hmm. So the same thing, I shouldn't be able to do drop kicks. I shouldn't be able to do flying knees. There's a lot of stuff that someone, you know, half my size would still have trouble with, but I'd pull it off. So he saw that and then, you know, saw potential. I mean, usually your first match is in, you know, in front of five, 10 people. My first match was National Pro Wrestling Day, and I was seen by thousands of people. And there was about like a little over 2,000 people there. So that was my first match. Nice. So it gets, it gets a little insane. So Tommy trusts me and has given me opportunities that maybe I wasn't ready for, but knew he knew that I can kind of, you know, rise to the occasion.
2: Okay. And I think that this kind of is a nice segue into what I'm about to ask, but, um, Recently you were seen on WWE television uh getting battered around uh by Kane. You were uh part of Adam Rose's entourage, a rosebud if you will. Um yeah. how did how did that all come about? Can you kind of take us through that process? Um you know, uh I
3: guess uh, WWE contacted uh Tommy. Um he sent, you know, a couple of guys from the school. We went over there. We had uh trial matches which was uh very intimidating but fun because you're you know there's nobody in the you know like there's the wrestlers are there you know the person who led the tryout was you know um William Regal mm-hmm. so it it's very you know intimidating and you you see like everything you know it's just it's just very it's very big you know mm-hmm. if you're used to you know wrestling at like, let's say, you know, a show like 20, 30 people. And then you see a stadium, you're just like, This is kind of crazy. And, uh, I, you know, the trial went decent. Uh, and it was, uh, we kind of had like a box of stuff to pick to whatever was going to be our Rosebud character, I guess, for the day. Yeah. So I saw a uh, judge's robe and a feral hat. So Judge Farrell was born, and then during the segment, I was uh, kicked in the face by Kane, and I believe Judge Farrell is retired. <laughs> so it was a one and done, but uh, but it, it was a great experience to kind of, you know, do that. I mean, I, you know, everybody who wants to be a wrestler or is a wrestler would like, you know, love to be in that moment.
1: Sure. Uh, Now, Ben, uh, if you could tell uh, everybody listening to uh, to this, uh, you know, what's in your opinion the best part about being a pro wrestler, and what's maybe the worst part about being a pro wrestler?
3: I think the uh, the best part is meeting people. You meet people who are like minded. um, Maybe like when you're in high school, or you know, you have friends that you know. Not everyone likes wrestling. You know, not everybody likes to talk about it but now you have a whole locker room of for the most part want to you know talk about wrestling they want to go over moves you know ideas and stuff so it's kind of cool meeting like-minded people who want to do the same thing that you want to do and uh, the the only drawback is just the travel I mean for every trip you go to it's cool going there but then when you come back it's not as fun when you see gps tell you you know four o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning uh-huh. you're you're just like Ugh. <laughs> but going there going there was a breeze <laughs> but coming back
2: not so much so i'm i know that we have a lot of different listeners out there we have uh some women we have some men we have some uh people that are all around the world and maybe they're not familiar with ben ortiz um where can some of the fans watch some of your work so If I, you know, we've, we've mentioned that you've wrestled for House of Hardcore, but are there any other places that they may be, may be able to see some of your stuff?
3: I just recently had a trial match for, uh, interspecies wrestling. with Dave Cole, hopefully I will, um, be in that company. Um, I believe, you know, I believe it's my wrestling ability, but for, uh, whatever reason, interspecies wrestling has uh, made me the official driver of uh, yeah, Fluffy the Killer Bunny.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: pretty much I go down to Pennsylvania, I pick him up at the Calston Point Mental Hospital, put him up in the U-Haul, you know, make sure the cage is tight, and then I bring him to the events. So, uh, you know, I, I pretty much have helped Fluffy get better. He is a little crazy, so I don't, you know, we don't really get too close. But uh, hopefully one day I'll be in Interspecies Wrestling, the main show. Uh I I also wrestle at the Sanctuary, which is, you know, a normal, like, you know, normal wrestling thing. Uh, Uh One of the uh, guys who's an angry wrestling vet, John Trotsky, he bought a church Uh and made it into a uh, uh, pretty much a whole self-sustained wrestling arena. Uh So we have, there's a ring, there's, you know, three roving cameras, we got a hard camera, there's lighting rigs. And there's a confessional, so if you have a bad match, you could you know go in the confessional and kind of you know talk it out.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, now, um, as a wrestler, you ha- do you have any goals that you're looking forward to? I mean, do you- do you have any goals going ahead right now as you know an up and coming wrestler? Uh, the mo- that you want to move forward with in pro wrestling. There's something that you're still set on achieving. Um, anything little or big or anything you can share with us.
3: Um. Well, I mean. I, I I don't have any um, delusional dreams. You know, I know that I want to wrestle. I know I want to have good matches. Um, if it comes to what I love to wrestle overseas, um, you know, or like TNA or WWE, you know, I don't, you know, my career won't be make it or break it if I don't get to those points. So I said little, you know, little dreams like being flown out for a show for uh, I'm going to be wrestling at the uh American Top Team in Coconut Creek, Florida. Um it, it is an MMA gym, but they love wrestling. And King Moe is running an event. I wrestled him prior, which I believe you could see online. Uh-huh. And he's he's running the event, so I'm going to be I'm getting flown out, so that's a that's also, you know, a goal of, you know, normal wrestlers to, you know, you kind of want to not not being, you know, um selfish but you know it's cool that if someone goes I want you on my show and I'm paying you to come to my show Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great goal so I mean my next goal I just want to for 2015 I just want to kill it keep having good matches um, just keep, keep getting to the point where people know who I am if I get to that point you know the next goal is to try to you know, get into Ring of Honor, and just keep having you know good matches on House of Hardcore. I mean, that's the we have an event November fifteenth, and I mean, as long as we keep having good events, as long as the fans keep coming out, which are amazing and supporting us, we're gonna keep having the events. You know, Tommy's very adamant; he's gonna keep doing it until he, you know it's not feasible, and for the fans that have come out, you know, I, I thank them because now I have other venues that I can show my abilities, but I never forget that Tommy was the first one to give me that that push, the ability to some people who have a 10 times longer career never have. So I'm thankful for that.
2: Now, and you, it, can, well, no, go you can go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you were just talking about House of Hardcore, um, and you've also mentioned that you've wrestled for different uh, promotions and stuff. What do you think makes House of Hardcore different than those other promotions?
3: Um, Tommy is Tommy's Tommy. Tommy could be on Raw on Monday. He could be on SmackDown, and in between that, on Wednesday, he could be on TNA, and you know, who knows, you know, where else? Uh, Tommy. Has uh, done a lot of stuff in his career, both in the ring and backstage. So it's, you know, he fosters a family attitude. He wants to make sure he tells everybody, you know, I want every match to be better than the last match. So if you want to keep being on the show, you have to have the best match you can. There's very, you know, if any, you know, what they say, you know, bathroom break matches. Mm-hmm. Every you know, if you go to a house of hardcore show, you know what you're in for. You know you're in for you know matchups that you might not see normally, and also you're in for just a you know solid night of wrestling.
1: What can we expect from you at House of Hardcore Seven? Uh, for maybe fans down in Philly who probably haven't seen Ben Ortiz live yet.
3: Oh, they've seen me, and they're very aggressive. You know, they <laughs> called me i do you know unfortunately i suffered a uh, a concussion in my last match, but uh they were ruthless you know they- they called me uh, such names as fatista um jack o'-lantern so uh you know i'm gonna have to you know make sure that none that none of those things are said you know it's very inappropriate i didn't like it and uh i'm just gonna i i can' uh I know I'm going to be there in whatever capacity I'm going to be there and uh, this is the old ECW arena I got to kill it I got to have you know try to have the match of the night this is the lightning round I've heard of it I'm ready
2: (laughs) okay all right you've been prepping for it so uh, first thing that comes to your mind and I'm going to ask you favorite wrestler
3: Chris Jericho
1: Everyone says I wrestle like.
3: Ban Ban Bigelow.
2: Funniest Tommy Dreamer moment.
3: Oof. When uh, he shows us in class and he misses a clothesline and says, Motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Fantasy Warfare.
3: Oh, the Mounty. <laughs> the the Mounty. I want to I take him on. I'm going to throw in uh, Bastion Booger and uh TL Hopper <laughs> I'm taking
2: that, them all out. Uh, that's that's the best thing I've ever heard.
3: Mm. It's
2: um, going down. Thoughts what are your thoughts on genetically modified bunnies?
3: Uh horrifying scary individuals.
1: Marty Genetti.
3: Oh my god, man. Marty Genetti. I have a little Marty Jannetty story. He, I was at WrestleCon when I was in New Jersey, and he came out and asked for a table, and I was helping somebody with a gimmick table, and he spilled Coca-Cola all over the table, never cleaned it up. Me and, me and Marty Jannetty, we got
2: heat. <laughs> um, Vic Delicious.
0: Vic Delicious.
3: I mean, all I I can say is, you know, inspirational. He's almost like a wrestling god.
1: Hale Collins.
2: Over the top. Elbow drop. (laughs) And lastly, favorite movie.
3: Favorite movie? That's going to be Kingpin.
2: Kingpin. All right. Lightning, lightning round. Well, that I mean, you survived <laughs> your very first uh,
1: another wrestling podcast. Lightning round.
3: I survived.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, Ben. Uh, also, t- for your fans out there, I mean, people like us, we go on Twitter, we go on Facebook, we want to find out where we can find these guys. Uh, anything you can tell the fans where they can find you or follow you?
3: Yes, you can find me on Twitter under uh, Complex The Dream, no spaces. How it's spelled: Complex's Dream. And if you are able to find me on Facebook, you, you I'll add you. Just don't be a jerk on my page or, you know, I'll just kick you off. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to give it out. I'll just say if you find me, you you know, you'll see my face in a menacing pose. You can find me. But on Twitter, I'll add you. Just don't be too crazy. And if you have a webcam, I'm not going to go on it. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you for being on. We're looking forward to um, the House of Hardcore 7. Now, I'm pretty sure that we've all been through this before, but it's www.househardcore.net not .com. .net.
3: Not dot .com. Dot .com if you have a night off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, Nobody's home, then you go to the dot .com.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to... Everything that you've got going in your future, uh, it's definitely bright if everybody that we've talked to has anything to say about it.
3: Yes, yeah, so I want to get to the point that I'm uh, so big that I can act like I don't know anybody. <laughs> That's my dream.
2: Don't forget the little people
3: when
1: you make a big, Ben.
3: I mean, what I'll do is I'll pack all you guys into a hallway and run by that hallway at top speed. So you could at least see, you know, say to your friends that you saw me.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: I'm hoping I get that big. I wanna I wanna have my face on a, you know, ice cream bar. There you go. So those are my dreams.
1: All right, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you. Wow, Jonathan, what a show. We heard from the teacher and the, the student, the first graduate of the House of Hardcore. We're, we're making this our own November to remember. It is h- Hardcore November for us, Jonathan. Uh, a lot of great stuff happening.
2: Yeah, we've got some awesome guests lined up, some that will be with House of Hardcore, some that maybe have been um, with uh, Hardcore promotion or maybe just have a, a, you know a tough background.
1: That's right. Uh, We have also, coming up next week, before House of Hardcore 7 in Philadelphia, we're going to be talking to the trainers at House of Hardcore, Vic Delicious and Hale Collins, both professional wrestlers. Uh, They have a lot to say, and... You'll have to just tune in for that next week, Jonathan. But before we uh, toss to anything else, I just want to say House of Hardcore is our sponsor this week and next week. So, guys, make sure you head on over to HouseofHardcore.net because House of Hardcore 7 is coming to Philadelphia November 15th at the ECW Arena, the, the former ECW Arena, the 2300 Arena now in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, some of the matches on that show that night, we're going to have the Hardys versus the young bucks we got an old school extreme rules match with ethan carter the third versus tommy dreamer with beulah mcgillicuddy in his corner for the very last time austin aries also has a challenge which was accepted by drew galloway uh, another tag team match we got the wolves versus harry smith and Lance Archer, Christian York versus Brian Myers, Eddie Kingston versus Jigsaw. There's going to be Gail Kim, Thea Trinidad, C.W. Anderson, Velvet Sky, and many more guys. Check it out, HouseOfHardcore.net. Make sure you get your tickets for House of Hardcore Seven, which is happening November fifteenth. Also, this week we have a bonus sponsor.
2: Fan for Life Wrestling is going to be bringing in Zach Allen and Gregory Iron to the big event this coming Saturday at East Elmhurst, New York. If you want to find out any more information about Fan for Life Wrestling, go to facebook.com slash LLC. We recently spoke to Gregory Iron, and here's what he had to say about meeting the fans this weekend at the big event.
0: I would just like to say that I am honored and privileged to be a part of this show because, you know, again... In my mind, uh, I'm a lucky guy who's able to live my dream every weekend. Um, I get to team with a guy that I, I looked up to, Zach Allen, and I get to be a part of a convention with so many guys that I looked up to and idolized and aspired to be like uh, when I was a kid. Sting, Mick Foley, Lex Luger, literally the first wrestler I ever met was Lex Luger at a Subway in 1995. Now it comes full circle, and I'm on the same event as Lex Luger. Like, it's crazy. So, just to be a part of that show and to be able to interact with the fans, um, to share some moments with them, it's something I'm greatly looking forward to. Wow,
1: episode 22 in the book. Deuce! Bo- deuce 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 in the books but guys make sure you head on over to another com with all of our links on it we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on a lot of other places too jonathan so guys follow us on twitter like us on facebook write some reviews rate us rank us whatever give us some four stars five stars gold stars whatever you know write something nice and uh we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you a hug or something i don't know what do you think jonathan
2: yeah, we have tons of stuff coming up as usual. Great shows lined up for you. We do this for free every week. So if you want to give back, other than just subscribing to us and rating us and reviewing us, you can go on over to prowrestlingtees.com We are on there. We have two t-shirt designs right now. We have a few more in the works. So go over, pick up a shirt or 12 and support your favorite podcast.
1: That's right guys, because every week you can listen to <sighs> another wrestling podcast.